In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to I Was There Too, the show where I, who is Matt Gorley, talk to people who were there in the memorable scenes of cinema history. But today, the scene, and in fact, the role in question, was unfortunately, and ill-advisedly, if I do say, cut from the film. So I am very excited to present what is actually a second installment of what I'm calling the I Wasn't There Too series. Now, I've done this before with Paul Shear and his doomed role in Eddie Murphy's Meet Dave. Check that out on Stitcher Premium. And I had so much fun with it, I jumped at the chance to do it again. Especially with today's guest, Jimmy Pardo, who I just love to the ends of the earth. In today's film, Dreamgirls, he plays the role of comedian, and it was just a wonderful conversation we had. So, with no further ado, let's get into this. The film, Dreamgirls. The year, 2006. The role, comedian. The actor, Jimmy Pardo. Get ready. All right. Get ready. All right, I'm going to follow your lead. Yeah, you got it. And this is going to be so awkward this far into it. Matt? (laughs) (laughs) Come on, that's fun. That's a Pardo classic. I hope we were already recording. We were? Well, then let's just begin already. I'm sitting in this room with a man that is having trouble with his headphones before I extol his praises. Is that a phrase? It could be to me. You can't extol praises. I don't think these headphones are on. You can extol a person. There we go. Uh, Am I on? There we go. Sing his praises. There we go. Yeah. I don't know. I just love this guy. Just Oh, thank you. No, you don't understand how much. And so having you in here for Dreamgirls or for whatever reason was – it's just a pleasure for me. Well, it's my honor. I'm thrilled. I just saw you. I was at the gymnasium this morning and I saw you telling me to buy a Jetta. <laughs> and – which is funny because you drive a, a different make of car, right? I have – this is the first American-made vehicle that I've bought in um, 
God, it's got to be uh, 20 years. And uh, you, you've had some issues with the dealer. We won't go into yeah, it. Yeah, I've had some issues with the dealer. Like uh, minutes ago. Minutes ago. You saw me shaking. From you're charged. me yelling at a man on the telephone. <laughs> and then uh, as, as is my way, and I spoke about this, I think it was my first appearance on Conan where I talked about going to Macy's. Uh-huh. And uh, at, on, uh, they were having a shoe sale, and I had two boxes of shoes. And then I, when I went up to the counter, nobody's waiting on me. And then uh, the guy looks at the guy behind me in line and goes, can I help you, sir? And I go, what am I, effing invisible? And the guy goes, oh, well, who, who, who's helping you? I go, apparently, uh, apparently effing nobody. And threw the shoes up in the air. And just like in slow motion, the boxes, the, the shoes come out of the boxes. The shoes start tumbling down. <laughs> and by the time that they reach the bottom, I'm like, I'm very sorry. I need to apologize. I had no idea that my <laughs> that temper. <quickly>? Yeah. <laughs> And then I looked for I looked around for my wife, and uh, she was hiding behind some uh, you know like a display of shirts or something. And uh, I came around the corner just laughing, and she goes, "Oh, good, we're gonna laugh at this one." <laughs> so uh, it, it was, it's ridiculous. That so, one had to be just an oversight because he would be the biggest asshole on earth to look straight past you. He looked. How was that an oversight to look like? Uh, I'm, he my, chose I, not to choose. I'm you? telling you, a human being is behind you right now. Yeah, and I look over your head and go, can I help you, sir? How is that an oversight? Well, I mean, it literally is. You know, it really is. I I take it back. It's exactly an oversight. (laughs) Did we figure this out? Yeah. Well, Jimmy Pardo's in here today. We're talking about Dreamgirls. You were cast in Dreamgirls 2006. I want you to take me through just beginning to end. Usually I have all sorts of questions, and I do here, but... You you have questions about the filmmaking, about the making of this movie? I do. I actually do, but just... Being familiar with you, I I think it's better to just have a free form conversation. You sure? I'm I'm more than happy to answer any questions. About I'll put them in there if if they aren't. I want to hear what one of them is. Give okay. me one. Do you want like the most ridiculous or, or sure? Let's see. And again, based on my experience at Dreamgirls, I'm going to be able to answer a lot of this. Okay. Well, here's one. See, I don't exactly know who was involved in your scene actor wise, but I have here. Bill Condon reportedly instructed Jennifer Hudson to show up late on set every day to better understand Effie's diva behavior. Can you confirm that? You know what? I can't. I cannot confirm that aspect. But I, what I can tell you is that um, I, because of that, uh, I thought that Jennifer Hudson was kind of a diva up until maybe, and I'm not joking, a month ago. When somebody interviewed her and I said, how is Jennifer Hudson? They went, she's the nicest person in the world. She's down to earth. She's great. She's wonderful. I was like, boy, that wasn't my experience. And it was because of that. uh, Like Beyonce could not have been nicer. Um, uh, uh, Annika. Yeah. uh, Could not have been nicer. Uh, We were all in the dressing, uh, in the makeup uh, trailer together. And, uh, and Jennifer was, was standing on. And I I chalked it up to, um, it's her first major movie. It's a major movie. She carries the movie. She Maybe she just uh, doesn't want to be playful and fun. Maybe, right. Although it was Beyonce's first movie too, and I would say that, but uh, maybe she was nervous or whatever. So I chalked it up to that. Not that she was unpleasant or uh, a but just uh, standoffish. Yeah. I, I, I would – that would be my worst nightmare to be first time in a film and have the director tell you to do this thing. So you want to please the director, but you know that that will cost how you're – Treating the other people on yeah. the set, and I would just quit. It would you you would actually walk off. I would walk off as it would seem like I was a diva, but I would just I don't have it in my heart 
to do that, you know, like to be standoffish to people. Well, I'll tell you what, that, though, it paid off. She got it, what they call uh, an Oscar for it. Well, that's why I haven't won an Oscar. In fact, don't really do that much in the first place, <laughs> I think. I so how did this all begin for you? Here's what happens. Now, listen, when you're in show business, like I am, <laughs> you know, working on this picture was quite an experience. Uh, I'll be that windbag. Um, I was uh, – this is crazy. I get a phone call out of the blue uh, from my manager saying – and this, this movie was like, what, 11 years old already? Yeah. So this had to be – this was 2006. Uh, I get a call saying, uh, hey, you've just been put on hold, which is, you know, is a term in acting where they – uh, they they may or may not use you on a certain day. No audition, just out of the blue. You're out put of the on blue. Hold. God, they're, that's they're, a dream. You're put on hold for Dreamgirls. Yeah, and I was like, what? And he's like, yeah. Uh, he goes, I had some guys go in for the. Uh, there's a. Did you watch it? Did you rewatch it? Yeah. There's the built Bobby Slayton yes, plays the the, the, in, the Miami comic. The uh, is that what they call him? Well, he's credits? like a Joey Bishop type, right? He's like yeah, a Don Rickles Bishop. Yeah. His credit is Miami comic. Um, so I. Uh, he said, yeah, I had some guys go in for that role. He said, but we're just, they're, they're just calling for you to be, uh, uh, the MC at a club and, uh, a club owner who's going to introduce, uh, the dreams I'm like, Oh, Oh, okay. So they put me on a two week avail, which means, as you know, you get paid every day for two weeks. Oh. So I had some travel. I was supposed to go to Lexington, Kentucky for the first time ever. We had to cancel within two days saying, I'm not coming. I'm going to be in a major motion picture. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, uh, and then we get the call literally as soon as it's like the plane would have left to go to Lexington. We get the call. It's not going to be this week. It'll be next week. <sighs> but you still get paid. Yeah. Right. I'm getting yeah. paid like I'm working two weeks on a movie. Right. Uh, they send over the script. And I'm looking, I'm, I read the entire script, I'm like, where the hell's this part? I don't even know where this part is. Like, I'm, re- I'm literally reading the script backwards and forwards, like, well, it must be that, uh, it must be that comedian thing. It must be that Bobby Slayton role. Yeah. That's the only one that makes sense, because uh, they responded, uh, my manager said they responded to uh, your cadence, they responded to your look, they responded to the way that you work a crowd. I'm like, well, it's got to be that. But did you, you didn't submit any material? They were just going off of footage they had of you doing stand-up? Man, I have no idea. <laughs> to the second, I have no idea. So I um, – uh, and you don't want to ask – and I'll come around to that in a minute. Uh, so I, I, uh, I'm looking at it. I'm like, well, it's got to be that, right? So I start memorizing that, that part. Which is the, almost verbatim from a Rickles routine, It's right? basically a Rickles routine. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, right. Look at you, lady. It's 104 degrees in here. You're the only one wearing a stole or something, <laughs> yeah. you know, something like that, right? Yeah. And then it gets real uh, racial. Uh, then it gets really racial, yeah. like uncomfortably racial, yeah. even watching the movie. Yeah. So uh, – I don't know how much you want to give away if you have more questions, but I no take it. Then um, uh, they then uh, I say I call my manager. I go, is it this rule that I've been memorizing for the last day and a half? And he goes, no, 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 no. That's the one I had uh, guys go in on and read. I think they gave that to Slayton. Uh, might have already been shot. Okay. Uh, well, what part is it? He's like, yeah, let me look. So he reads the script. He goes, Jim, I have no idea. <laughs> So we literally like, have no idea what part I'm going to be in Dreamgirls, but I'm on hold for 14 days for this big part. So uh, – and now I'm thinking like, is this real? Did I really get a – like – and then the, like the, the second AD would call and go uh, – and tell me, uh, you know, it's looking good for tomorrow. And then I'd get a call an hour later. It's not going to happen tomorrow. OK, fine. So I'm just kind of going through life. Is this in town here in LA? It was – they shot at uh, where Mad Men shot. 
uh, what is that? Hollywood, not Hollywood Center. The, uh, Gowers? Is it Gowers Studios? No, it's downtown. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. The old LA Times buildings? That's I think it's those. Yeah, yeah those. Uh, like I, numbers shot there. Yeah. It Man. may still be the LA Times building, but they. Uh, you know, the state they, of they vanished. That's yeah. right. <laughs> There's a few empty floors, I think, unfortunately. Uh, I think even Comedy Bang Bang was over there for a they were. minute yeah, or two. Right. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I, I get the call finally. Uh, t- tomorrow's the day. Uh, you know, we'll send over your new sides again. I don't know where the old sides are. Well, they, at least you know new ones are coming. Yeah, new ones are out of the way. And they send the exact same thing. And I'm like, what the F is – I don't know what part I'm doing here. <laughs> So I finally have to say to the second assistant director, I go, dude, I don't say dude. It's not a word I use. I go, uh, I go, I, I, what part am I doing? He goes, oh, you're the, uh, the, uh, 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 God, what is it? I can't think of it. I used to have this line memorized. The, um, the crystal, the crystal room. Uh, you're the crystal room uh, club owner, MC. Okay. And uh, it's in there. It's, it's in the script as a VO, but, uh, but Bill oh. loves you and wants to do it on camera. Uh, because this is the first time that the dreams are going to be introduced as the dreams. Because uh, every other time they're introduced throughout the movie, it's all VO. Uh-huh. Uh, with the exception of when they are the Dreamettes and, and Ralph Harris introduces them when they're doing that talent contest. Right. But other than that, it's please welcome the sultry sounds of Jimmy Early. And it's everything's VO. Uh-huh. But he wanted this one to be, according to this guy, this one's special. Uh, because it's the first time introducing the dreams. So Bill wants to make a Bill uh, Condon, wants to make a big deal out of it. Really quickly, did your manager not contact them and ask them this? You had to ask them this. Um, yeah, that seems like something he should have handled. Huh? <laughs> that seems... Uh, again, it's 10 years ago. Especially there's, since you asked him. He's like, I got no idea. I'm, yeah. I'm with you, buddy. I don't know. Like, I get it. Yeah, I get it. I understand your confusion. I'm with you. Um, <laughs> I get it. Um, so, yes, that's explained to me. So, uh, you know, and... and the thing that I hate the most about show business, and this is why I don't do a lot of acting. Uh, also, my limited talent no, no. plays into that. Uh, I can't stand being there all day. Hmm. I mean, I really, really, I despise it. I like, listen, the, the work itself is wonderful. But I despise get there at 4 a.m. and then you're going to wait or, you know, or uh, whatever needs to happen. Like unnecessary, just downtime yeah, like i can't yeah. st- i really can't stand it can i think i relate in that you you can't concentrate enough to read a book because you've got a certain amount of adrenaline going so you just sit there and slightly just chew at your fingers and stuff like what, that. that matt perfect yeah perfect uh and it's because i don't work enough to be able to read the book. Same here. If I worked more, maybe I would go – because my wife always goes, just bring a book. Yeah, it's You bring impossible. your iPod. Do no. whatever you got to do. You can't concentrate. You on can't anything. concentrate. No. So all you do – in my case, it was like three lines is, is I just say those three lines <laughs> over and over yeah. until it's my time, right? So And hope they catch you at the beginning of the cycle of the three lines. <laughs> right. So it's not – so it's not uh, heart, the bell. What's that famous one where uh, – the Shakespeare one where they would always use that as the example of – yeah, is it Hark who goes there? Oh, the Hamlet one. Yeah, what is yes. that one? Hark who? Hark you? Hark who goes there? It's got to be right. It's got to be that when, when uh, the the two guards see Hamlet's ghost, his father's ghost. Yeah, you know more about the bard than I do. Clearly, I don't. <laughs> I defer back to you. Let me call my manager. He'll help us. <laughs> so no idea, buddy. But uh, man, no, good luck. They yeah. watch you. They heard your call time. <laughs> so I um. 
I, uh, and by the way, I was uh, also cast in the, uh, the quick side story in um, The Informant. Is that the name of that yeah, movie? Yeah. No. Yes. The one, yeah, the, the Steven Soderbergh one with Matt Damon. Yeah, yeah. I was one of the 900 comics that was cast in that. And uh, the night before, and by the way, memorized, ready to go. Oh, no. And even as I read that script, I'm like, hey, you know what scene they don't need in this movie? Oh, no. <laughs> so the night before, I'm like, here we go. My call time's tomorrow. Uh, you know, four o'clock. They you know, they called me like at four o'clock. Hey, you know what? I remember. I'm going to go to a movie. I'm going to veg out. I'm going. I'm pulling into the movie. The phone rings. Hey, it's a Steve over here at the informant. Uh, yeah, we're not going to need you. Oh. Uh, they cut the. Oh. What okay. was your part? What was the scene? It was a. Um, it was kind of another redundant scene where they're patting down. You're a cop, Matt okay. Damon, and Matt's stressing out that uh, that he's gonna the wire is gonna be found. It was another one of those with some funny banter. I forget who the obviously I don't know who the other guy was. Yeah, uh, it was our only scene, oh. uh, and it was gonna be shot down at the, uh, the, the, the Orange County uh, John Wayne Airport. Oh yeah, oh. and. Um, that was gonna be neat. Yeah, and again, uh, and by the way, that was also a uh, a no audition uh, thing. Maybe this, maybe I'm literally it's a giant. Uh, I hate to use this for a punked. Maybe it's a giant Ashton Kutcher to be part of career punked. <laughs> or it's just like a perfect karmatic balance of no audition, no role. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, you didn't do anything to get this. Why should you do it? <laughs> so, uh, so I've had that happen. So this, but this was they call up the night before and I go. Uh, uh, hey, uh, you know, I think it was like a 5.30 a.m. call, which just, yeah, that's the other, about Hollywood. It's like, why would you think that's a good idea? No, nobody wants to be there <laughs> at 5.30 in the morning. No. Why don't you start at noon yeah. and go a little later? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Great. Oh, you're, oh are you home by 8 o'clock? <laughs> Let's get home by midnight and start at noon. Like, I don't understand it. I really don't. So, and again, this is for my limited time working. So, um, <laughs> They say, you know, a 5.30 call. I get I get there at 5.30. It's at that hour, a seven-minute drive to my house. Uh-huh. Like, it's nothing. That's beautiful. It's nothing. Yeah. I get there. You know how it is. You get on the set. Nobody knows who you are. Nobody cares yeah. who you are. Yeah. You have uh, the smallest of the trailers. Um, you know, it's tiny. I brought my book that's not going to be read. <laughs> I got my iPad, my iPod. None of that's going to Do you remember happen. the book by any chance? I wish I did. No. Boy, oh, boy, do I wish I did. Um, and they say, I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not kidding. I'm not out of my car. You're up first. Jesus. You're up first. We got to get you into makeup. You're up first. I'm like, okay, okay, great. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Bill's got a long day. They're doing the, uh, the uh, dreams first song as the dreams today. So that's going to probably take 12 hours. So uh, we're going to knock you out. Oh. And then, uh, I'm like, I'll be home by 8 a.m. Yeah. If this plays out that way, that's Are you the best kidding me? The this world. is the greatest yeah. thing in the world. So I'm rushed to make up. As I mentioned, the, the, the girls are all uh, – the girls, the women are all in the – they're getting their stuff and they're talking. And, well, it's and, in the title. You're in, that's true. Yeah, the dream girls fair. themselves yeah. are there. And, uh, and me, you know, being – again, Beyonce and, and they, they were pleasant. Uh-huh. But they're in their own conversation sure. and I'm the new guy on set. Yeah. Oh, how are you? Oh, I'm playing the thing. Okay, great. Uh, makeup, uh, I, they, they slicked my hair back to make it look, you know – the uh, era yeah. friendly, um, beautiful era friendly suit. What, so yeah, so this is like before things got wide lapeled, basically. Yeah, yeah this so was you uh, sharp sixties, you classic know, classic Rat Pat. Yeah, 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 pack. and yeah. Be- beautiful. And then that was neat too. Uh, I, you know, I did go for a fitting, of course, before all this. Right. Uh, and then seeing all those, you know, uh, that's always neat to see the uh, the artwork for the 
you know, for the various characters. Oh yeah, the renderings, the costume the renderings, renderings thank and everything. You. Yes, yeah, yeah. I think of the words. Yeah, uh, I'm not in the business. <laughs> so uh, I, <laughs> I get. So they go, you're up first. I'm like, great. So I, I'm in makeup. It's it's not even ten after six. I'm done. I'm in costume. I'm in makeup. They rush me there, and Bill goes, ah, fuck. They lit for the wrong thing. It's gonna be a little bit, uh, but we're, we're gonna we're gonna get it in. And no exaggeration, every hour until 1130 at night. Oh, my God. It's coming up next, man. It's coming up next. We're going to get you in there. It's coming up next. It's coming up next, man. We're going to get you in there. It's coming up next. And it's – and I'm and I, and I over and over just go – I go, guys, I live three miles away. Just let me go home. Yeah. Just let me go home. I'm th- I, I'll be back. You don't have to worry. I'm coming back. I'm looking forward to doing my role in Dreamgirls. Don't worry. I'm not, it's not like I'm going to go missing. Did you really ask them this? I did. Yeah. I said, I go, just let me go. I, I, go, I go. I literally, I, I, I could run there and back and you won't even know I'm gone. I could do this without, uh, no, nah, man, I can't, you know, can't, 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 you know, because you never know. You never yeah. know what Bill, you never know. He's going to, you know, he might uh, say we need him right now and then we can't even take the time for you to drive back in seven minutes. All right. So now I'm in makeup. I'm in costume for what is that? 16 hours? God, what did you do that whole time? I did exactly what you said. I chewed my fingers yeah. off. Oh. I just... Because you think it's coming within minutes each time. That, each time. That's a special kind of hell. It it was crazy. And then I was doing the, the Shakespeare thing where like, then all of a sudden you start forgetting your lines. Yeah. You know, even though there's, it's yes. three of them. Right. <laughs> you start forgetting. Is it a crystal ballroom? Is it a crystal room? Is it this? Is it that? Uh the first line is, uh, it, it was just, the Crystal Room is proud to present for the first time ever, uh, so-and-so recording artist, The Dreams, or whatever. There was something going on. But I kept memorizing with, ladies and gentlemen, because it seemed crazy to come in halfway through a sentence. So then I'm going, well, wait a minute. Am I memorizing it wrong now? Oh, I'm memorizing yeah. it right for 18 hours or whatever <laughs> it was, doing a number on myself. So I would walk around the set and go watch them shoot this that be- that wonderful First, when they're in the white dresses yeah. and it's, uh, you know, the Crystal Room presents the dreams and it's the first time where they're not with Jimmy early and they come out and, and I watched them shoot that, which was fascinating to watch. You, you know. saw that. So you're watching that whole thing. Well, not all 12 hours. Right, but still. So they did that whole number. That was it. They did all of that before. They didn't they, even finish oh it. God. Oh, boy. So at like 1130, I think, I think what happened was we got to get this guy out of here. Like, you, you, Bill, you told this guy to be here 530 in the morning. You said he'd be up first and he's still like. Waiting around. Yeah. And then there was some other, like, there were extras because, you know, they were, uh, for the crowd scene, uh, they were released. They're even gone because uh, now they're, <laughs> oh, oh, that was it. They, they were widening. Uh, or they, were, they were doing it on the wide, and now they were going to go to close-ups, so they released the extras. And I befriended one guy <laughs> who uh, knew me from comedy. So he, uh, uh, I had that friend for several hours. Which was welcome, and uh, uh, I don't I don't remember that guy's name. He was a very nice man, and uh, uh, so he and I were able. He's like he goes, man, you've been here forever. And he, so we're talking about that. And so then it comes it's time. They come to get me at like eleven thirty at night. Something crazy. The girls are all they're they're in their costumes. Beyonce, uh, Annika, and and Jennifer. They're in their costumes. I don't know, twelve feet away from me, and they set up a microphone, old timey crooner style yeah, microphone yeah. they set that up and with like a just a, a background that it's going to be pitch black with just one spotlight hitting the side of my face and uh 
they're looking at it, and and my buddy, this guy uh, who knows me from comedy, comes over and he goes, "This is the best looking shot in the movie." Oh my! He goes, God. he goes, you have no idea how because he was watching on the on wait. The, so he stuck around after everybody's left. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you need anything, Mister Porter? Yeah, I, 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 you know how it could be. When it, it might have been his first extra job, a nice fellow, and he's thrilled to yeah, be on the sure, set. Sure, uh, wants to learn. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he, but he comes over and he goes, he goes, he goes. I wish you could see it. It's a, it's a beautiful shot. And so, and I felt because it, it, it would be, you know, uh, an action pause. And then you hear the of that light. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that like, yeah, right. That and uh, and then it hit me, and then deliver my line, and I delivered it the first time with some adrenaline. Admittedly, oh. like <laughs> uh, you know how it, you know, like when you say it for the first time, it's the first time you're kind of really saying it out loud, yeah. not to yourself. Right. So I deliver it, and um, by the way, this is a long story. No, this is pays, what we're here for. Zero is, pays off. No, this, this isn't Tobolowski. Or uh, who's, uh, who's my the girl that I have a crush on that I can't pull her name right now from? Uh, oh, oh, um, better off dead. Diane Franklin. Yes, it's Diane not Franklin. Diane. It's not. They had wonderful stories. No, no, no. The whole point of this podcast is long stories with no closure. I mean, it might as well be titled that. <laughs> because ultimately, like we're just talking little stories on the set. Yeah, but Tobolowski had a thousand stories. Well, he's a freak of nature. Yeah, that's true. And so did Diane Franklin. She's got the coat. So. Uh, <laughs> I <laughs> and the hat and the hat. I I loved that episode. I love every episode of the show. I mean that sincerely. You're kind. You're um, kind. Well, I I adore you as much as you uh, 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 built me up on your the intro. Let's get out of me. here. I'm in. Okay. Let's go. Let's go. Not listen to music in my car. <laughs> so um, I deliver a little again. A little adrenaline. Oh, so before I started. Bill Bill Connor could not have been a nicer man. I mean that sincerely could not have been nicer. Apologizes. I'm so sorry that we made you wait this long. They fucked me over. They uh, uh, they, they they set the lights wrong. I wanted to, I wanted to get knock this out before we did anything else. That's why you were here so early. I'm so sorry. Once it was lit for that, we had to let that play out. Blah blah blah. Hey, no, fair enough. No yeah. problem. Goes a long way. No problem. As I bitched for 12 hours alone, <laughs> um, he goes. Uh, I said, Hey, you know that first line. Just kind of is a comes in, you know, the crystal ballroom seems weird now that it's not a VO. Do you mind if I say, ladies and gentlemen? And he goes, thank you. <laughs> and he says it in a way where I don't know if he's telling me to shut my mouth <laughs> <laughs> or if he truly wants me to do it. You know what I mean? Thank you. Like, oh shit. Did he just reprimand me? Did yeah. he? So, like, so then I went, I hate to bother you. Do you want the ladies and goes? He goes, yeah, of course. Thank you, thank you for that. Like, okay, great. But I still kind of had that little like, oh, did I just piss him off? There's nothing worse than putting your own idea into something and giving it at half confidence because then it will never work, right? Right. I mean, yeah. So I, so then I, I, I deliver the the the, the lines uh, um, with with some adrenaline, with some speed. Uh, some urgency that really wasn't necessary, but it was all uh, admittedly adrenaline because I, I don't, I'm not in movies a lot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and, and here we are where they have a break while they do something else to fit this in. So you, there's kind of like, Hey, you waited all day long, uh, but now we got to get this done in six minutes. Of course. So let's right. go buddy. Yeah. yeah. So I delivered, eh, it's okay. And he goes, uh, he goes, well, that's what, you know, uh, same thing Ted Danson said to me on Becker. That's why we do more than one. <laughs> Um, I'm not good at the first take, apparently. Uh, Who is, though? God. 
the great Ted Danson. That's who, sir. Yeah, and that's why he is who he is. Um, that's why he can say that to you. That's right. And I panic that I'm going to get fired mid-word. <laughs> the thing you never hear is the second sentence where he goes, except for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, he says, he goes, that's why we do more than one. Let's do it. Let's take it again. Uh, and, and he goes, and you know, you own the club. You know, this is your club. You know, and 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 he goes. Oh, and, and by the way, he did say at this point uh, that he. Lo- I mean, he's a big fan. He loves my comedy. Oh, that's nice. That, that's got to feel good. It felt great. Vote of confidence. Could have heard that twelve hours earlier, <laughs> <laughs> or even like as the reason for why you got right. the part in the. How first about that? Place. How about any of that? So he's like, he goes, I'm a big fan. Uh, I think you're great. And uh, he goes, I, I think it was explained why I'm doing this. I I, I just think this is a special moment. And uh, he goes, might not work. Might work. You know, uh, you know, we'll figure that out in editing, but, uh, you know, it looks beautiful. Let's get it done. Okay, great. Uh, so I do the second take. It's great. You know, as great as I can be. Right. Uh, we do a third one for safety. And he goes, let's just do another, you know, as they always do. Let's do another one for safety. Uh, we did one more with the light hitting me on the other side of my face. Done. And I go, ladies and gentlemen, that's 13 hours of work right there. <laughs> Beyonce falls over laughing. Hudson gives me the stink eye. <laughs> um, Annika laughs. Bill Cotton comes over, gives me a big hug, laughs, and goes, thank you so much. Thank you for being patient. That was great. The, you know, the, the, the extra guy comes running over. That was great. That was what? It looks great. Oh, my God, it looks great. And he goes, and there's no way they're going to cut that. That's such an important part of the movie. This is great. You know, that's every actor's. For some reason, they're going to cut it. They're going to cut yeah, it. They're going to cut yeah. it. I mean, the extra is thinking for me. They're going to cut this thing. Right. There's no way they're going to cut that. It's, it looks too beautiful. It's too important to the thing. Well, if there's anything that can get cut, it's the thing that should have been a voiceover. Yeah. So, I, two weeks of pay, literally four minutes of work um, in a 13-hour or 18-hour day, what a 16-hour day, whatever it was. I get a nice charge out of Beyonce. She gets a nice laugh, right? Condon's a big fan. Yeah. Uh, drive home. My wife can't believe, you know, even though I'm keeping in touch via the telephone, she can't believe I'm there that long for this. <laughs> She's like, is he having an affair? What's going on here? Listen, if there was ever a chance, it could have been any of those three ladies had they, uh, had they offered <laughs> Had they had any interest in the nerdy, tiny white guy, uh, I would have left my wife. It would have been that easy. Jay-Z wouldn't have had a shot, right? Uh, I would have gone back to the cruise ships with Jennifer Hudson. So, And I, by the way, I love Jennifer Hudson on American Idol. I, I thought she was phenomenal. So uh, I was thrilled. Uh, I was thrilled for Jenny that she had an opportunity to do this role. So um, that was it. And then I thought well, – in my head, it was like, this is crazy that I'm in this movie, this movie that has literally four white people in it. Right. Like, you You're know. one of them, yeah. And I'm one of them. You know, he had John uh, Lithgow. Uh, four minutes, a few minutes. John right. Krasinski and John Lithgow, yeah, for like. And then Bobby Slayton. Right. And then uh, really nobody else. I'm trying to think of another one, yeah. Just those, when they do the. The um, cover of the Cadillac song, and they have oh right for the sake of them being extremely white, right, they had right. some white people in there, yeah. Um, so there, I thought, how neat is this? This is a huge. This will be an Oscar contending movie, yeah. And people will go see it, and they're going to go, they're going to be watching this musical, and blah blah blah. Holy shit, was that Jimmy Pardo? Like, and I love musicals. Did, were you familiar with this musical? I was. Okay, good. Uh, and by the way, if you have not. YouTubed Jennifer Holiday doing, and I'm telling you, um, do yourself a favor and oh, do that okay. because it will give you chills. Hmm. Um, and so I was familiar with it. I love musicals. I 
I'm theoretically in show business. This is a dream come true. And I mean that sincerely. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm in a movie. Like I couldn't ask to be in a better movie. I don't care if it's two and a half lines or whatever small thing it is. Um, I'm thrilled. Um, so I, I should have said no photos. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. Jesus. This is a comedy network. You make jokes and everybody acts like you're uh, interrupting some sort of uh, boiler room s- s- deal going on. Kevin, the photographer, has just stepped in for the photos you will see on this website. Get a photo of, of consternated <laughs> Jimmy Carter right? is upset right now. So I know, I know this is so long-winded. This is what you're here for. I know, but I feel like I'm monopolizing my story. No. I know that's a stupid <laughs> thing to say. I really do. I feel what like – What do you want me to do? Give you the light on your own story? Do something. No, do no, something. Keep to going. Make me feel Stretch like it. Stretch you're involved. This Play is for the, time. I'm so, I don't know how I managed to make this literally – one minute story lasts as long as it already has. This is why I wanted you here in the first place. So, uh, oh, that and the people necking you on Twitter. You're gonna have Jimmy Pardo on to talk about Dream Girls. <laughs> uh, and by the way, I don't. It, it turns out it, it's a good payoff because in my head I'm like, it's a two hundred story. The movie. Here come the posters. Here come everything. I'm, I can't. I, I can't wait to go see this thing. You know. I. I, I by the way, I want to see it anyway. Yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I go see every. Filmed musical. I love musicals. I go. To, I. I, uh, I don't know why I became Richard Nixon to the end of that sentence. <laughs> so I love musicals. Um, and then I see that there there's a premiere going on. You know, I, I forget where. I don't know if it was on Hollywood Boulevard or uh, wherever one of these their premiere was. And like that seems weird. Why the hell was I invited to the premiere? What's, what's going on here? So I call my manager. I go, why? Why am I not invited to the premiere? That's like in that I saw advertised on Entertainment Weekly or whatever it was. And I don't know. Uh, man, I, I don't know. I don't know. Let me call that second AD. Yeah. See if I can't get the bottom of this. So he calls back, and like a minute later, and he's like, "Hey, Jim." Like, oh. I was going to ask how you found out. Oh, yeah. They uh, they went back to the VO. Like, okay. Did they they use your voice for the VO? No, they used the same guy's voice kind of uh, throughout. It's I a see. it's kind of a constant. Um, uh, fuck that. Guy. But it still was like ah, damn it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I've had great success as a comic in this town. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had late night television, and I've had you know occasionally, uh, you know, I'll do panel and I'll do all sorts of stuff as a comic. But uh, this was neat for me, of course. You know, yeah, it was it, yeah. it was, and I've done Beckard. I've done other. You know, Monk, and I've done some acting stuff, uh, nothing more than five lines because I can't handle it, but um, I've done some, but this was kind of, even though this was the smallest of the roles, it was great. Uh, so I was bummed. You know, I was really bummed. Yeah. Um, you know, when I got cut out of the informant the day before I had to shoot it, part of me was relieved that I didn't have to do any of it. Right, yeah, because the nerves are still there. The, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I didn't have to have that knot in my stomach of, oh, boy, I hope I don't suck. Hope I don't, yeah, I hope they don't cut me out, which I understand they cut almost everybody out of that movie because right. they shot nine hours to make an hour and a half movie. <laughs> so Dream Girls, uh, it, it's going to now, it's going to open. And uh, my wife and I go see it at the uh, Cinerama Dome. And uh, where we see all of our musical openings. We saw Les Mis there. We saw Rent there. Oh. Uh, and um, I'm excited to see it. And, uh, you know, no, uh, I'm not angry. Yeah. You know, I'm going to see it. I was a little, part of me admittedly was a little bit of a knot in my stomach over, what if they recast it? Like, what if that part comes and it's somebody else? You're like, you know, that would, that would suck. Oh, because then you're also going like, 
did my manager know and decide not to tell me? Did right. They, who's not telling me? You, you're so good that they that didn't happen. Right. right. So yeah. so so I'm loving it, by the way, and I love this movie. And I and I watched it again last night, prepping for this story uh, <laughs> that I lived. Uh, I still love this movie. I think it's a great movie. It's a great I, I still movie. cried again last night, uh, twice. Um, so, but when I went in to see it, so I'm loving it, but I'm still like, where's my scene? Where's it happen? And then when it came on, it was the voiceover of the Crystal Room is rather was ever the first time ever rainbow recording artist, you know, the dreams. Yeah. All of a sudden it was like, okay, they didn't recast me. I, I don't look foolish. Um, they just went back to the original script. No big deal. And then I had that release of tension and then literally – Three minutes later is, uh, and I'm telling you, Jennifer Hudson singing that. Oh, right. That's right. It almost comes almost to dreams, and then there's the fight, and then there's that song. Where, And I'm not kidding, Matt. For the maybe the one and only time in my life, I wanted to give a movie a standing ovation. It's incredible. I was at home yesterday watching it, had the same feeling. And I not long on the heels of watching La La Land, and I don't mean to disparage that film, but when you watch La La Land and then you watch this movie, and Jennifer Hudson in particular, you go like, what are we doing here? What are we doing, right? (laughs) What are we doing? And even, and I know you're singling, you singled out Jennifer Hudson, but even Beyonce, with with her, she got down the Diana Ross's like yeah. shoulders and her moves. Like she wasn't Beyonce anymore. She you, she was that character, um, and I feel the same way. I, I liked La La Land. I'm not uh, a La La Land basher. I know that's very uh, in vogue these days yeah. to be mad at that movie. It's a movie. Uh, great, I got a trophy from the Golden Globes. Move on with your life. Who cares? Um, but uh, I I I wanted to erupt from my seat at the end of. Uh, and I'm telling you, in a movie, that's bananas. Yeah. And then the rest of the movie plays out. And then I know I was sobbing in the movie theater by the end of it when, you know, when they reunite at the end. Um, and then uh, now here's the thing. I get residuals as if I was in the movie. I believe I'm on IMDb as uncredited. Yes. How do you get residuals if you didn't make the cut? Let's stop talking no, about it. Right. I don't know. I don't know, but I'll tell you what, when that first went to DVD, my stupid little part got some money. So does that, that doesn't exist as a deleted scene or anything? No, I looked for it. So then that, that, then then I had that hope. I was like, well, maybe there's going to be, you know, like when it goes, uh, there's all these extra features on the DVD. It's like, maybe Bill's going to be the, this is a young comedian who I thought was great, but I, it just didn't work for the story. But then that wasn't even there, which was a bummer. I got three things I want in this life. Trump to release his tax returns, the studio to release your scene in Dreamgirls, and to get you on General Hospital. Oh, boy. Uh, all three are welcomed. <laughs> all three. I've had friends tell me, you know, hey, contact uh, Bill Condon's office. They'll give you that footage. Oh. Guess what I'm never doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, I, come on. How needy are you? You got to make that phone call. Right? Hi, James Pardo here. Uh, listen. Listen, remember 10 years ago where uh, it took uh, 13 hours to shoot a two-minute scene? You're going to need that footage. You probably got that near you, right? right? Like you're just in the file cabinet? You know, you didn't, you didn't even think it was worth putting in the extra features? <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So, uh, uh, by the way, I, I I think there's a very good chance of one of those ever, uh, ever happening. I think I I think of the three, me getting on General Hospital is the one that may happen. Yeah. I'm not saying there's anything that works because there is not. Well, that's the thing. If you if you listen to Never Not Funny, which is one of the most venerable, brilliant 
podcast institutions. Yeah. I think it's fair to well, say. All you do is say thank you. 2006, since 2006. Super Ego Mind goes back to 2006. We are, we are grandfathers and pillars of the podcasting society. Yes. Mount Rushmore of podcasting, where are you? <laughs> oh, that well, the Mount Rushmore I've seen has uh, Sarah Koenig and Mark Maron on it, and yeah. they don't even know we exist. No. Oh. Anyway, my point is Why do I have to get negative? Jimmy is yeah. a big fan and always has been of General Hospital. And if there's by any chance anyone listening out there that they can get this man on General Hospital, what a great service will have been done. Two of the big three things that this country needs, one of them down. Well, you should know this. I can handle doing two lines the best of anybody. I, I'm, I'm more than willing to walk in, you know, uh, doctor. Yeah. This woman's here. I'm happy to do it. That would be great. But There's got to be someone. There's got to be someone. I'm friends there. with cast members. I've what, done what stuff, there, I've done stuff for them. Problem. I've done General Hospital Now, the web series. I've done – I've been on the set. I've been close. I just haven't been given that one line. And then even when I watch it, I'm like, I couldn't have been that cop. Yeah. I couldn't have been that guy with the – Yeah. That not gorgeous-looking soap opera star <laughs> delivering the two lines. I could have been that. God damn it. Make it happen. I don't know. I think Condon's blackballed me. <laughs> <laughs> he put out the word. What are your other questions about Dream Girls that oh, I can answer now that, right. uh, now that I've told the full story? Okay. Well, I think you basically covered everything. Hold on. Um, Does that qualify as a I was there too? Does this qualify? This is actually – this is specifically one thing I've done before with Paul Shear. and I call it I wasn't there too. He was in Meet Dave and he was – Cut, but not only cut, but recast as well. Oh, so no. When you said that, I was like, you should listen. His story is incredible, That's, too. I, I'm not kidding. That may be the only episode of this I have not listened to. Yeah, it's a I really also haven't listened one. to the Paul Uptom, because what, what if I just started listening to Paul? <laughs> comes out, I'd listen to Tobolowski and Diane Franklin. <laughs> um, okay, so let's see. Well, this is a general question, but I, I was— More than happy to answer any Dream Girls questions. Okay. Well, this is—do do you like acting as much as comedy? No. Okay. No, no, no. If I was better at it, Yes. Okay. Or if I was given, you know what, Matt? If I was given the security of, hey, it's the Jimmy Pardo show, and I could not uh, worry about being fired every single day, yeah. I think I could enjoy it. Yeah. But whenever I'm a guest star on something, I, I literally, if I see the guy walking anywhere near my trailer, I feel like that, here it comes. <laughs> Which never fuels the best performance, and no. it's such a vicious side cycle. Yeah. Here's one. Okay. So when you did your lines, did you do any thought in terms of not just memorizing but actual character or acting? Like did you base it on your own comedic persona? I kind of just – yeah, I yeah. did. I, I just kind of uh, – you know, as a guy that emceed comedy clubs for years, I just saw it as that. Right. And, and if I was alive then, I would have been that guy. Right. Like there's no doubt in my mind I would have been the guy – Going out there with the beautiful little tie and the gorgeous suit, welcoming everybody and, you know, maybe doing a minute or two and then introducing the talent. Tell so, me about this suit. What was it like? I want to say it was, I don't, I, I want to say it was shark skin, but I don't think it was shark skin. But, but it, it had was, like a sheen to it? Yeah. Oh, wow, yeah. And it, it, it fit me better than any suits ever fit in my entire life. Really? And they didn't let you keep it, did they? No, because it was a period piece. Right. And <laughs> yeah. Right. Although usually when I, whenever I've done anything, there's not a lot of other five foot four and a half hosts out there. <laughs> so I'm usually pretty lucky and I get to uh, keep the wardrobe. Did, so it was a period piece so they didn't custom make it. They found that suit. Yeah. Did they try you through a bunch or just the – Maybe two or three. Yeah. Took some photos and then I showed up and it was the – It was actually, When I showed up, it was the one that I wanted too. Like, oh, that's good. I, I, boy, I hope that's the version of me that ends up on the floor. That's what I, that's what I said. Hope that's the good looking suit that doesn't make the movie. <laughs> 
Those are all my questions for Dream Girls. You literally hit everything else in there. Uh, I'm a good storyteller. You don't need me. You don't need me for this podcast. But I do have a couple other questions. Oh, great. Okay. According to your Wikipedia page, in 1986, you moved to Pasadena to go to the American uh, Academy of Dramatic Arts and Sciences, right? Well, there are no no sciences. (laughs) uh, I just put that (laughs) It's the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. Pasadena. I live in Pasadena right now. Uh, It's no longer there. Now it's in Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, I think it's right on La Brea. Might be on Highland. In Pasadena, I remember when it was there. My friend Jeremy went there as well. But you only stayed a year, right? Uh, that was all that it was decided I would stay. <laughs> um, I moved from Chicago to Pasadena to go to school at the because I had a check and I was able to do a monologue from uh, all my sons. Oh wow! And um, do you remember any of that? No, okay. no. Uh, you know they 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 tour the country. They do auditions and then. I really believe it's if you have the money, you get in. That place? Or you have to really, really suck to not be accepted. Yeah. And I probably was a better actor then than I am today. Really? Uh, yeah, I don't think I was ever in my head when I was younger as far as an acting as acting goes. Um, so I went there for a year and it was um, you know, it's basically fame, as I'm sure your friend Jeremy told you. Adam yeah. Scott's also gone there. He and I have talked about it at length. Yeah. Jeremy uh, only lasted a year too. Oh, what year did he go out of curiosity? Uh, it would have been Probably early 90s, I uh, think. After, yeah. Paul Rudd went there for a year, I think. Uh, Chelsea Crisp, who was on uh, Fresh Off the Boat, uh-huh, uh, she yes. went there. But she loved her experience. I was a dick. <laughs> um, that's the truth. I um, I took a year off from high school, maybe even two years off from high school, two years, and managed record stores and oh. uh, hung out uh, with rock stars and went to concerts and did everything that somebody working in a record store would do. And um, then it was like, I, I should go to school. I should do, I, I, you know, this is, you know, if, I, if my dream is to be a performer, I should. And I went to Second City in Chicago during that time, too. Uh-huh. Uh, but it was like, but I should probably go to this acting school. Dude. Wait, so you, you said you took off high school? No, after high school, two years after oh, high school. after high school. I'm I didn't sorry. go to college. Okay, gotcha. Um, I went, uh, I took time off and worked and, and went to Second City, like I said. And, uh, but then when I saw this American Academy of Dramatic Arts, Dramatic Arts was coming, it's like, well, that seems to make sense. I should go do that. And then when I got there, everybody was fresh out of high school for the most part. There were a couple of adults, but for the most part, it was honestly rich, rich white kids right out of high school who mommy and daddy were were paying for their apartment and paying for their tuition. And my parents helped me a little bit financially, but for the most part, I also had to have a full-time job in addition to going to school full-time. And I also felt like I was a man who had lived life. So I kind of rebelled against the teachers when really that wasn't in my best interest (laughs) um, because I had to like, I don't know. And I just, it it was, there was way too much focus on singing and dancing and uh, and acting was kind of just like the third thing because uh-huh. it was like fame. Yeah. Uh, so I would I would butt heads with I don't know to quote the uh, to quote the uh, CNN uh, Brienne uh, that uh, when when she was questioned by uh, Trump's spokesman before the election, what polls are you talking oh, about? Yeah, yeah. I don't know <laughs> all of them. <laughs> so to quote her, uh, I want to say I butted heads a good with I don't know all of my teachers. <laughs> um, I, I, and so when it came time to uh, when you have your assessment for the next year, they uh, were like, you know, where do you see it? And I was willing to go back for the next year. and But I also understood if they didn't want me back. And then when I got my letter saying, you know, we're, you're, we're not going to have you back, I went nuts. 
and went to the school and how dare you not include me? And uh, the guy's like, uh, now the guy, I remember, I forget his name. I think he's since passed away. Bern, Bryn, Bryn something was his name. And he goes, uh, now, Jim, this is why we ask you to wait a week before you come in to talk about this. And I went, guess what? I don't go to school here. So you're going to hear about it now. <laughs> and he's like, everybody agrees that you're a brilliantly funny comedian. You should really focus on that and not on acting. And I don't disagree with anything he said, but you don't want to hear it, you know? Especially in that context. Yeah, and uh, and you know nobody likes to be rejected, yeah. even though basically I was going to break up with them before they broke up with me, or at least I was giving them the out to. Right. Uh, so yes, I did that for a year, and then went back to Chicago and started doing stand-up. Was that part of the impetus for doing that? Like really saying, yeah, maybe they're right. Well, you know what? I, I, I worked at the Warehouse Records in Pasadena, which is now a golfsmith. Oh, Warehouse Records. Yeah, I remember that chain. Uh, we had one in Whittier. I grew up not far from there. Yeah. They were uh, they were a great chain. You know, they and Music Plus were the big chains. And they merged eventually. I think they did, yeah. 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 And there was also Licorice Pizza, which right. became Sam Goody. Yeah, Greatest uh, name for a store ever. Licorice, Licorice Pizza? Pizza? Love yeah. it. Worst name? Sam Goody. <laughs> uh, Sam Goody was an awful mall chain. Yeah. Um, I was in the music business for way too long, and I have a lot of opinions about record stores, apparently. Um, I was uh, one day just doing my job at the record store, and a guy thought I was hysterical, and he said, here's my card. I own the Ice House. Why don't you come and do some time? And uh, I was like, I don't even know what that means. And he goes, well, you don't – No, I did. This is how you got into comedy. He said, put an act together. And I was like, okay. And I never did it because it scared the shit out of me. Yeah. Uh, Then I went back to Chicago. Quite frankly, I was homesick and I wanted to go back and just visit. Um, And then – because I left all my stuff here. Uh, I left some clothes here. I left furniture here uh, with my roommates. And the goal was to come back uh, like in August and – pursue the dream of being a comic or an actor or whatever I was going to do without going to the academy. Uh, started working back at a record store that I was working at there. Uh, long-windedly, um, Bob Odenkirk. You don't know this story. No. This is a fun story. Yeah. Bob Odenkirk would come into my record store uh, in Naperville, Illinois. I was the manager there. We didn't do a lot of business. And every Saturday morning or every other Saturday, Bob would go out to Naperville to visit his parents And Bob wasn't Bob Odenkirk yet. He was just a guy in a sketch group called, I think, Duck Logic. And he would come in and we would just make each other laugh. And then at one point he says, uh, he said, he goes, you know, you're the funniest guy I've ever met. You should do stand up. My roommate, Bill, does a a night right down the street here on Saturday nights. Why don't you come in? I'm on the show this week. Why don't you come and watch that? Um, And see if that's something you'd want to do. And it's like, yeah, you know, everybody's always told me I should be a comic, but I never wanted to be that guy. Even though it really is what I should have been doing and my bones told me that. So I go to that show that Bob was on and uh, by the way, I called – this. I went to high school with a guy named Tom Odenkirk. So uh, every time Bob Odenkirk would walk in, I'd go, Tommy! (laughs) And – one time I said to my employee, I go, I don't think his name's Tom. <laughs> and she said, that's okay. He thinks your name is Johnny. <laughs> so, um, so, but we had this kind of relationship. Um, I went to that show. A guy I went to high school with who's now a radio personality on WGN in Chicago, Bill Leff. Uh, I walk in and I said, Bill. And he goes, are you on the show? I go, no, I just came to watch. Odenkirk invited me. And, and he goes, oh, you got to be doing stand-up. You're the funniest guy in high school. You got to be doing stand-up. And I was like, 
yeah, boy, okay. I said, well, that's kind of why I'm here, kind of to scope it out. And he's like, oh, you don't want to start here. This is like a, a book, you know, start going to open mics and, you know, get an act together. And uh, I was like, okay. And uh, so that was it. That's how uh-huh. it started. So Odenkirk was the one that kind of got, gave me the push. Uh-huh. And then Bill Leff was the one that kind of carried it along. And then here we are. Here we are. And, and in fact, I'll use this to wrap up, but you're basically a staple on Conan, either as a panelist in featured segments and then as the warm up comic for how many years? I was you? there for, uh, we started day one at the Tonight Show with Conan O'Brien. Then we all, you know, we were on there for seven months. We all got fired. Uh, she alone wanted this job back. Somebody thought that was a good idea. Um, so, uh, it was that 2009 and what is this? 2017. So that's eight. I was there for seven years. Okay. So how do you find the difference between your regular stand-up work and warm-up work? And because that's a daily basis, like does there does a drudgery ever come in there or a day when you're not in the mood and you have to muster it up and do you just go into professional mode? Yeah, it, it's that. And it's um, – I'm very lucky in that the Conan – they, they didn't want the warm-up act that threw out candy and had dance contests and stuff like that. Right. They never wanted that. So. Yeah. When they offered me the job, I was resistant at, uh, at first because I was like, I don't want to do that. And they're yeah. like, no, you don't do that. You just go out there and be fun. Do your thing. And, you know, I do so much crowd work in my act anyway that it's like – and it almost goes back to the question of like about that character uh, for Dreamgirls. That's kind of who I am. Mm-hmm. So like for me to have an audience at a, ta- at a live TV taping where you really can just say, what's your name? Where are you from? You know, who's in from out of town? And everybody's in from out of town. So, oh, where are you from? Uh, Texas. What are you doing in Texas? Blah, blah, blah. Funny, 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 you know? So every day was different. I had I had three set jokes about turning your pagers off and no smoking and whatever. But it was different every day. So I never really saw it as drudgery because I, I loved going there. I loved the job. Um, towards the end of my tenure, I was maybe done. Uh-huh. And maybe they were done with me. <laughs> Uh, but it's, it, it, to long windedly answer your question, it's different in that it's not my show. You know, when it's, when I'm doing stand up, that's my time and you could say or do whatever you want. Uh, they're there to see Conan and I'm there to set it up for Conan. Right. So even if somebody in the audience is being a, an A, and I, I was able to get away with some stuff on, you know, calling people hillbillies or whatever, if they were being <laughs> stupid. Uh, but for the most part, I had to remember, this isn't you, this is about them, about Conan. And the show. So I'd have to watch my footing a little bit. But not really. Yeah. I was pretty lucky. They uh, were they were great to me from day one. All those guys that I know over there, just <sighs> they love you. They speak so highly oh, of you. Oh, that's nice. It just seems like the most wonderful TV family. I love it. Yeah. And I think it's because they all came from New York. And they all had, you know, they had 20 years under their belt in New York. And then they moved to L.A. So, like, none of them had that... L.A. were the most important thing right. going on in the world show attitude. Uh-huh. And uh, it felt like you're doing community theater, but you're doing television. <laughs> yeah. it, it was it. I loved it. And I would still be there if, you know, you know, I started hosting a show on Science Channel. And yeah, Race to Escape. Right? Race to Escape. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which was great. I love that show. Is there going to be some more, do you think? Sadly, there are not. God damn it. I don't understand it either. I don't understand it at it's all. It's such a great concept. Oh and, it's a, and it's a – and we were – the guy, Riaz, who created it, it was like a little bit ahead of the curve, too. Like, we're doing this show, and nobody had ever heard of Escape Rooms. Right, and they're everywhere now. Now they're everywhere. Yeah. And I, th- I think some people are developing, like, celebrity escape rooms or whatever as a TV show. But this was – I loved it because it was educational, and it was great for families. Right. And uh, more importantly, it gave me a paycheck <laughs> and put me on television so that people in high school think I've done something. Well – 
I can't thank you enough for being here. You're one of the funniest people alive. Oh, my God. I really, I just love talking to you. And I you, sir. Thank you for having me. That was great. Thank you, Jimmy. Thank you, you, for listening. Thank you, me, for doing this. If you can connect me to a guest for this show, please email me at IWasThere2Pod at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at Matt Gorley. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you next episode. This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Chris Bannon, and Colin Anderson. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.